Welcome to Coaching Confidential, a podcast by baseball coaches as we bring you inside the game. The podcast will take you behind the scenes in college and minor league baseball. Lou Bernardi and George Carroll were college teammates and went on to play and coach on the next level. Bernardi has coached at the Division 1, 2, and 3 levels and is currently the pitching coach at the United States Merchant Marine Academy. Carroll went on to play professionally and is now a catching coach in the minor leagues. Here are your hosts, Lou Bernardi and George Carroll. BC, what's up? Sweet Lou, what is up? Back at it again. It is exciting to see your Back face. At it again. Yo, we're tallying these up right now. Yeah, well, I wouldn't necessarily call it tallying it up. I would say creating good content for the viewership or the listenership. Most people are listening via Spotify and or Apple Podcasts, which are brought to you by your smartphone. <laughs> no sponsorships here, but... Uh, we're getting close. <laughs> getting close. We are. We are. But it's not about that. I love I love the content we're putting out. We've we got amazing guests lined up. There's going to be a ton more shows we're rolling out. I, you know, I think we're close to 40 right now. I don't know when this one will come out, um, but we'll be out soon. Who knows, man? I'll tell you what. We have a great guy who does our editing. Um, so we just need to make sure he's available because he works for free. So, <laughs> yeah. Look, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. You don't know what you're doing. I fake but it. I could teach a slider and you could teach a guy how to catch. And I think that's all that matters. Self-proclaimed one of the best catching coaches in the world. I'm in the top 150 in the world because I work for a, for a major league organization. Um, so by statistics, I have to be within the top 150 to 200 coaches in the world. Right. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, there's 30 clubs, right? Yep. Five Figure teams per club. Five teams per club. Triple A. What's the math there? Hey, I'll do it right now. Triple A, double A, high A, low A. So that's four. Big leagues is five. Right. Um, let's call Times. Gulf Coast League. Now it's called FSL okay. League, whatever the heck it's called. FCL. All right, let's not do let's not do international. Let's just keep well, it, it Gulf, in the states. Gulf Coast is in the states. It's in the conference. No, that's what I'm saying. But I, I don't want you to two, start three. branching off into the DR and academy. Okay. We're just keeping it. <laughs> two, three, four, five, six. We can do six times All thirty. Right. What is that? One hundred eighty, right? So I'm in the right, top so. one hundred eighty coaches at my position in the world. Now, allegedly. Right. Okay, so each team has a guy who's going to work with the catchers. Allegedly. Allegedly. So if each of the six teams have one guy working with catchers and yes. there's 30 clubs, you're one of the top 180. Yeah. And then if you add a court, we don't have a catch coordinator at the moment. Um, but if you say you have a catching coordinator, let's throw a guy in there. It's not 30 right. guys. So right. that's 210. So yeah, I'm one of 210 as a player in the minor <laughs> leagues. I was one of 17,500 at, at any given time. All right. All right, so you're one of the top 210 attacking <laughs> coaches in, in Major League Baseball. That's a conservative number, and I have 6,000. I think I have over 6,000 followers on my Instagram page and still can't get verified. I don't know who we got to call. but <laughs> you just, just for the record, hold on, because we actually have a serious conversation today. But for the record, you are one of the top 210 Major League Baseball catching coaches Myerly. well professional let's say Myerly initially yes okay. allegedly just by the sheer broad conservative data 
honestly, I think I'm in the top 10. Um, I really do believe that. I think I can but this, turn. But for, the, for data purposes, mm-hmm. 30 clubs, six teams, plus coordinators, roughly 210 individuals in Major League Baseball, minors and majors, that work with catchers, you're one of the top 210 catching instructors slash coaches in professional baseball. Statistically speaking, I could be number 210. I could be number one. I could be number five. I could be number 10. I honestly think I'm in the top 10. I know it sounds really pathetic and I'm like stroking myself right here, but I'm in the top 10. These kids, these, these kids, when I give lessons to, they don't realize how good they get it. I'm just throwing it out there. They don't realize how much of my content gets. They have no idea. No idea. They have no, no idea. There's so much no content idea. that gets stolen and repurposed and then gets thrown into the fire. And one of the coolest things about throwing that content out there is to see it evolve and get better. But I don't really, I see sometimes, sometimes, I and mean, that's when you see some good amateur coaches. So, right. as, but Hey, it, listen, and, 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 and then all kidding aside, cause I'm, I'm actually trying to break down the NCAA number. Oh, there's, about three, there's about 302 division one schools, about 280 division two schools and about another 250 division three schools. So we're looking at over, you know, close to 800 NCAA, you know, baseball schools. Um, so I'm one of 800, I guess. High number. <laughs> well, you actually, might. no, not not this year, but <laughs> this year, this year in your conference or in your in Division Three baseball, you're voted one of the number one pitching coaches, right? So let's just say this: how many conferences are in Division Three? Let's just say 500, right? Or what 20 oh, right com- there's probably 20 conferences. 20 right so you're 20 and you were voted the best pitching coach in the conference by sheer numbers you are in the top 20 of pitching coaches in division three college baseball stern out there yeah now do the math and now you're one of the best 500 <laughs> can we get serious <laughs> Yes. All right. So what was it? I'll tell you what, George, you might be number 210 in the books, but you're number one in everyone's heart. Yeah. We'll just, yeah. Tell, yeah. Maybe. Who knows? But we'll, uh, we'll leave it there. But hey, listen, one, we've been talking a lot more offline than online, um, answering some of the questions that have come in privately to both of us about some special moments or, you know, different different times in our careers, both as a player and a, and a coach that really stays with us that, you know, you savor the moment um, and, and how, how did certain things happen and how did we get there? So I think, you know, very rarely do we kind of talk about ourselves, um, but they want to hear what are some of the top moments in our careers, personally, emotionally, professionally um, that stick with us today and kind of gives us the fuel for having these types of conversations. So, George, I'm going to ask you from an, from a hitting standpoint, take us through one or two or three of your at-bats in your lifetime that sitting here today talking baseball on Coaching Confidential are still with you like you literally just walked out of the box. Okay, I'll tell you a fun story. It's a good story. Um, we're playing New Jersey Tech at New Jersey Tech, NJIT. I think you already left. And we're playing there, and they have the Fugazi fake brick wall out in left field. Remember that? 
and um, I'm getting up into the box, right? I'm getting ready to hit, and I got a bat in my hand. I got a 34, and I got a 33-inch bat. And I'm, 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 like, holding both of them. I don't know which one to grab. One's mine, one's not mine. And Hirsch goes, just grab a bat. Get up there. Go hit. Grab a bat. So I grabbed the 33, and then I, I remember first pitch was a ball, second pitch, 1-0, two-run tater over left center field wall. I'll never forget that rest of my life. And then I go to Hirsch. I said, Hirsch, I'm just going to use 33 for the rest of the year. All right, good shit. <laughs> I remember that. Um, that was one moment. And then um, another moment that I can remember from college, especially from college, um, was when we were playing, uh, I think we were playing, what was the t- school down south? Utah, Texas Pan, Texas Pan America. Mm-hmm. And uh, remember we had that night game. It was like a marathon night game. Oh, it was a night game, but it was like at our place. It was about to – we had to almost cancel the game. I remember we just kept playing, playing, playing. I remember we were so tired. It was like the 14th inning. And I remember whoever was pitching just left me a fastball out over the plate, and I literally just slapped a single to right field. And we ended up uh, winning that game because I think I was the winning run. But, um, you know, that's one thing I can remember. Um, another one, when we used to play – St. John's. I remember I always had great games against St. John's and I'll never forget, um, you know, some of the hits I got uh, game winning. I got the game winning double against St. John's one year at their place. And I love playing at their place. And I was always kind of bitter that they never recruited me because I grew up in Queens. So it was kind of like one of those things where I was like, Hey, screw you. Sh- shove up your butt right here. You know what I mean? But um, you know, that's, those are three moments. And then there's another one I'll never forget my last at bat playing little league baseball. I hit a freaking uh, triple in uh, Crochon Park. That was those those little things like that. Never forget it. I have no idea why, but um, never forget it. And the reason why I don't think I've I forget it is because um, being put in in pressure situations, situations where you know you either you either rise and shine or uh, you 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 just die. You know what I mean? So that's why those three things kind of resonate with me. Um, and um, anyway, Blue, what do you got? Is there anything, any pitches that, or any moments that you remember as a, as a kid? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, three or four positives that, that you remember. Um, and obviously, I remember all my firsts, my first pitch in professional baseball, uh, playing for the St. George Roadrunners, and uh, we're pitching against the Victoria Seals in Victoria, British Columbia. You know, I'll remember... I still have the ball. I have the photo. Um, you know, that's a moment I'll always remember forever. Um, you know, my first college start, my first college win against Marist, uh, first start was against LIU Brooklyn, you know, first sit, you know, first save all, all the firsts, but you know, I, I, I remember things and I'll get into one of the moments, but two re, re, actually one of the moments that I'll, I'll never forget. Um, and I told the story here, I think before, was a walk-off grand slam that I gave up. Yeah, I was the one. I, I should have thrown a slider. You said no. I'll never forget that. I mean, we did a whole show on it, and I'll never, ever forget that moment. Coming out of the bullpen, bases loaded, nobody out. Getting the first guy to, to, to strike out. Getting the second guy to, to pop up to the first baseman. And then 0-1 to the lefty batter and then coming and hanging a slider and him literally hitting a walk-off grand slam against us. Like I can still see the, the pitch. I, and I thought he popped up little did I know it went over the left field fence. It went over the square porch. 
<laughs> it was about 700 feet, and I thought he popped up to the shortstop. Um, yeah. you know, that's, that's obviously a moment that, that I'll never forget. And, and, and I use it as a, as a teaching moment because the next day I got to pitch against him again and I got him out. And I, and I use it as a teaching moment because baseball is, is the moment. It's what you do now. And you can get a second chance in baseball. So, you know, that's one moment that I'll always remember. Another moment is my freshman year. I don't think you were with us at the time. No, it was a halfster. Yeah, we're playing. We were playing up at West Point. We're playing Army, and I come in in the bottom of the ninth. It's a tie game, and uh, first guy uh, I walk. Next guy I get. I first uh, no, excuse me. Leadoff hitter. I throw a fastball. Base it up the middle. One pitch. Man on first base. Tie game. I think it was two two. Second pitch. Okay. Fastball away. He takes it. Strike one. He steals second base. Second pitch, or to that at bat, third pitch in the inning, slider, strike, swing and miss, balls in the dirt, guy takes third. So I've thrown three pitches, base hit, strike one, strike two, the winning runs at third base. Fourth pitch, sack fly to center field, game over. And the reason I remember that was because that guy was stealing on me, not the catcher of the situation. And I did. I I didn't know how to hold the runner on. I must have been two seven to the plate. Um, you know, he could have stole both bases on one pitch. So I learned after that how to control the running game, how to change my looks, vary your times, pick off, and not. So th- you know, those are two at the time negatives that I'll never forget. But especially now as a coach, and I've been doing this for a pretty long time. Um, those are two teaching moments that I always bring up to my kids and saying, Hey, I lost two games because I didn't know what I was doing, but I didn't let it affect the rest of my career. Um, so do you have any negatives that, 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 that you remember? Yeah, just, I wish I was there at tech my freshman year. Cause I would have thrown those, thrown that guy out for you. <laughs> but then if I would have thrown that guy out, you never would have had that teaching moment. So it's just how everything works out. Um, negatives. Negatives, of course, man. You can think of negatives. I remember a lot of my negatives were things I was involved with, but not necessarily the main culprit of it. Like I remember, remember one year, uh, my um, the last game I ever played in high school baseball, and Efri was up. Efri Valdez was up, and um, he made the last out of our of our season um, in the semifinals, going into the Brooklyn Queens Championship, and I'll never forget that. Um, and it's just one of those things that just, it affected our team and affected me, but it was, it affected me because I, I, I felt, I didn't feel bad for us that we lost. I felt so bad for Effrey because I knew how much it was going to affect him not getting the big hit. You know what I mean? Like things like that. That was, I'll never forget that. Um, for me, I'll never forget the times I've thrown, I threw the ball in the center field. You know, hey, Georgie, if uh, a guy ever steals center field, you're our guy, Ronnie McKay. Yep, no uh, doubt. Or left field. You would have been an All-American. All-American. But, uh, yeah, 23 for 27 one year. It wasn't bad. Um, but um, um, one thing I, I will always remember um, from the negative is, is honestly the last, the last out made on our team um, my senior year of uh, college baseball. I'll never – because at that moment in time, 
I thought it was over. I didn't, I didn't think I was going to, I knew I might have an opportunity to play professional baseball, but I was like, this could have been the last out I ever played competitively. And it was something that stuck with me forever remembering that and you know just being grateful and thankful for getting an opportunity to play after college you know and then um, for me like a huge positive and this is going to be a you know stroke session right here was um throwing out um remember Kyle Jankowski or Jankowski yeah of course um Travis, Travis Jankowski thank you um from um um Stony Brook I remember he's still playing He's still playing. I saw him in the big leagues the other day. Um, God bless him. But I remember one year he stole 40 out of 42 bags. And I was the guy who threw him out on his 16th steal attempt on the year. And I'll never forget the pitch. It was a breaking ball down and away glove side that I picked and came up and threw his ass out on. And I'll never forget that. That was one of the highlights of my career. And um, I know it sounds really minuscule, but it was, it was huge for me because the other guy who, uh, threw him out was a kid in the SEC when they were playing in the regional. So, you know, just little things like that. You remember they resonate with you. And then sometimes you get little memories that get triggered, you know, like I remember every time I eat a chicken sandwich, I remember playing in the great South league in Georgia and, and eating Mr. Smith's chicken sandwiches, you know, baseball is weird. How little, if you play this game long enough and I don't claim to be to have played this game long enough, but I've played it longer than most, little things will always little things in life will always apply back to your games. If that makes sense. You know, um, it's just certain, crazy. right. It's so, it's so weird. Certain foods, certain smells, certain songs yeah. that just trigger like, Oh, I remember hearing this song in the, you know, Dallas Baptist. So I remember yes. hearing this song or, or, or having, um, you know, I never had a taco in a bag before. Until yeah. I was in Thunder, until I was in Thunder Bay, Canada, like yeah. you know, just weird things that all of a sudden will trigger different emotions. It, it, it is, it is true. I, I hear the song sometimes. I hear the song once in a while. This town by OAR, and I remember. And, and as soon as I hear that song, it brings me back to, you know, my short stint of stint of playing up in Chatham. Um, you know, little things like that. You hear a song. Oh man, I remember like just like you said, I remember remember playing for Chatham, remember being on the field for this. And then then you start remembering some of the things from that from that moment. I remember when I was coming up to hit one game up in the Cape and they announced your name and they announced your school. And I remember they're like now batting number 17, George Carroll from New York Tech. And someone in the stands goes, What the hell is New York Tech? And I'll never forget that. You know what I mean? So uh, that's that's the cool thing about baseball is these little moments that you have Mike, within the game. They're micro, they're micro moments within the game, and it's not only your first or your lasts. It's 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 things that happen on the journey. And I have to bring something up. I mean, I've actually never been thrown out of a game before. Oh, I have. Um, but uh, I know that my friend over there in Florida needs to take anger management classes. Uh, why don't you tell us the story on a recent experience on you uh, hitting the showers a little early? Oh, geez. Yeah, I'll tell you what. It's not my fault that some people are just incompetent, incompetent of doing their jobs correctly. You know, sometimes professionalism goes out the door. Um, but I'll just bring it back. It stems back like all season. We had this one crew. I'm not going to mention any names. That was, they're not very good, um, not very talented at doing their job. And uh, I remember. 
there was a, well, not remember, it's 4th of July night. I, I, I took an early exit on 4th of July night on the road in Palm Beach. <laughs> and I got tossed in the fourth inning. That was fun to watch. So um, two plays that this guy missed, and he was terrible all year. He was terrible the last series we had him. And I'm walking back, and this guy shot me in the back. And I'm walking back, and I yelled at him. I said, hey, you missed two calls today. You missed two calls today. You cost us a run. That's not professional. You need to be a professional. You got to do a better job and get the call right. Be a professional. And then all of a sudden, I'm still walking to the dugout, and someone he threw me out, and someone said, you just got chucked. And I turn around, do an about face. I had uh, someone's, like, Evo shield in my hand. I chucked it, went in this guy's face, never cursed, never cursed. So I was proud of myself because if you curse, you get fined, and I can't afford to get fined. So yelling at this guy, you're not being professional. You cost us two, you cost us, you cost us a run. So you've been terrible all year. I said, if being professional, you know, they kept saying being professional, being professional. I said, if I failed as many times at my job as you do, I'd be fired. And I just said something like that. And yeah, so I got tossed. <laughs> Shot in the back. Shot in the back. It happens to the best of us. I still haven't. Um, had that experience of getting thrown out, uh, may, may, maybe one day. Oh, well, you're a man of the people. You're trying to run for freaking president or not president of Congress one day, trying to do the backdoor deals. Um, so you ain't getting thrown out. You know why I ain't skeletons in your closet. <laughs> where, let, let, let me ask you a question and we'll wrap this one up. Um, where did it start for George Carroll? You know, we talk about all these moments, teaching moments, positive moments in our, in, in our careers moments that we never forget but where did it all start started on 213th street 29th avenue that's where it all started you know it all starts in the backyard starts in the street starts where you grow up you know everyone envisions and dreams about becoming a big leaguer and everyone dreams of making you know playing in yankee stadium playing in shea i was gonna say shea stadium playing in city field playing under the lights playing in 50 000, in front of 20 to 50 000 people it's really cool to do that I've never gotten to do that, but you know, what's really cool playing in front of 500 people playing in front of a thousand people playing in front of 2000 people, you know, coaching in front of a thousand people, you know, cause at the end of the day, people are coming to watch you and you know, they're coming to watch you and your team. And that's a really cool moment when you understand that people are paying a ticket to come watch you play or watch your team play. So where it all starts is, you know, for you, it's relevant. For everybody else, it's irrelevant. But when you start having these conversations, you get to learn about that person. What was their drive, their motivational factor? You know, for me, it was going from 213th Street right up to the schoolyard at PS 159 playing stickball, right to Crowshawn Park to play on, you know, play actually play on dirt. And then going to high school and then going to college. I, don't, I, I didn't play on a really good field until I got to freaking college, I don't think. Right. You know, so Louie. For you, where did it start for you? Man, it's it's it started it started in New High Park at Park Circle. It started in the streets um, with stickball, running up and down hills, stopping the pitch or stopping in that bat because a car is coming through. I mean, that's Damn cars, where, man. That's where it started. I mean, and, yeah. and and that was the purest that was the purest level of baseball I ever played. Oh yeah. It was it was the purest like game I've ever been a part of where nothing else mattered. That that moment where we didn't have to worry about 
going to class if we were in high school or college. We didn't have to worry about a job now and paying bills or being somewhere else afterwards or you raising a family. All we had to worry about was getting back inside when it was dinner time. Yeah. You know, you know it's crazy? You never thought, oh, this could be the last time I play stickball. This could be the last time I play football. But you remember those things. And I remember, like, it was a daily – it was a nightly tradition. Like, every weekend we'd play wiffle ball outside my friend Anthony's house. And, you know, RIP to his dad and actually RIP to my friend Anthony who passed away not too long ago. But I remember Frank would always be throwing to us. Anthony, you know, Anthony would always be pissed because he was striking out or, or not hitting the ball right or something. But you remember these things as a kid. And then when you drive down the street and I, and I went home last year um, and I remember making sure we drove down to 13th street. And what was the first thing that flooded back to me? It was those wiffle ball games. It was me throwing the tennis ball off my neighbor's wall. Cause I didn't have a wall. You know what I mean? And then them coming out and yelling at me, I'm going to break a window, but they don't speak English. So I didn't understand what they're saying anyway. So, you know what I mean? It was like, one of those, those are the things that you remember. Those are the moments you remember. And um, like driving down the street triggered those memories. Yeah. Yeah. Different sounds. And I think people, um, especially the questions that we've been getting, only think that our memories, you know, come at, at, at our highest level. You know, I, I made no mention of winning a, a championship this year or being in two different regionals or dogpiling or you know, even, you know, the, arguably the best game of my career, I almost threw a no hitter against Fordham. And I knew I, and I didn't know I was starting that game until about 20 minutes prior to game time. It was a midweek and something had happened. And coach was like, uh, Bernardo, you're pitching. It's like, what? what? It's like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not pitching today. It's like, all right, go out and give me two innings and we'll figure it out after you're done. Meanwhile, I have a no hitter into the eighth inning. Um, you know, th- th- those are great those are great moments in our like personal career, but it's not really what sticks with us the most. And it, it, it's the purity of it. And um, if we can go, if we can get through George to our audience, especially the coaches here is try to recreate your own moment where you, where you remember and don't necessarily, and I, I'm stealing your line here, live vicariously through your your players or your kids is that what you say don't live vicariously through your kids but how about how about instead of that how about giving them an opportunity to create their own moments oh absolutely and i think that's the purpose of today's conversation that's what these kids these kids will never remember whether or not they won or lost they're going to remember things that happened with within the game and oh yeah unless you're a player, you don't really appreciate um, those little things that happen in between the game. No, I remember um, in 2004, we won the NABF World Series. We were my Bayside Yankee team. We were the number one travel, 16U travel baseball team in the country, according to Baseball America, all that, all that nonsense, right? And one of the coolest things is that our coach, Joe Kessler, uh, he still keeps in contact with all of us. You know, and uh, we had John Heenan and Jamie Loeb and, you know, John passed away in um, uh, September 12, 2000, uh, September 12, 2006, I think, or seven. 
Um, but anyway, he keeps his memory alive for all of us as players. Every July 25th, when we won that national championship, he sends out pictures and photos. Hey, it's the anniversary of the greatest team that I ever coached. And he always makes sure he always makes sure to post the pictures of Coach Heenan about us as a team. And it's not just the memory of, hey, we won a national championship, but it's a memory of all the people we were with when we did it, of our coaches, of our friends, of our teammates. You know, that's it's not so much winning. I don't remember holding the trophy up. I remember two things. I remember two things from that. I remember throwing a guy out in the first game, like from right field and sitting, allowing us to go to the semifinal. And then I remember the team photo in the team photos because I have the team photo in my house. And I remember a lot of the guys were like pissed and angry. And I'll never forget this. Everyone was like mad and angry that we were taking this team photo because we was running into our practice time. <laughs> so everyone was like, kind of like, come on, let that, let's get this, let's get this shit over with. But I don't, I remember that part of it when I see that photo, you know, I don't remember the practice, the win, whatever it is. I'm going to wrap this one up. We talked about where it started we talked about moments in time that we remembered uh, at bats, pitches, innings, games, situations. Um, I got an interesting question here from, from Joe, actually, one of our buddies here. Um, what do you miss the most? It's a tough question. I'm, I'm going to start with it. Um, we're still living it, so it's hard to miss something you're still involved in. You know what I miss? I miss the bus rides as a player. Yeah, the bus rides were shitty. You know what I mean? It's it's so much different now as a as a player, as excuse me, as a coach, where you know we're we're working on the bus. Where I'm I'm going over scouting reports. I'm going over charts. I'm writing notes. I'm figuring out you know what I want to do for, as a game plan. Where I just miss the the camaraderie of sitting on the back of the bus maybe having a couple cocktails with the boys in pro ball. Right. Yeah. Um, that's what I think I miss the most is just those or, or, or the hotel nights or the team dinners as a player. Cause it, it was so much different as a player than it was a coach. So, I mean, that, it's a good question that, that, that uh, Joe asked and that's probably what I miss the most. For me, I, I'd say it's, it's the teammate aspect of it. It's the being in a group, um, you know, I miss just just sitting sitting in the locker room during a rain delay, you know, BSing with each other, like playing kangaroo or not playing, like doing kangaroo court, you know, playing stupid games with each other, messing with each other, you know, busting each other's balls a little bit. That's the part that I miss about being a player. And the cool thing about being a coach. So one of the coolest things about, you know, when you're a player, when you get a hit, you're happy. When you throw a guy out, you're happy. You know, if you strike a guy out, you're happy. When you get a win, you're happy. Now being a coach, when one of my players throws a runner out, I'm really happy. When a guy, one of my guys gets a hit, I'm really happy. I have the same feeling I had as a player as now as a coach, when my team is doing what, what, you know, what they should be doing. Like for me, like I get excited now about that. So it's crazy how it went from me getting the hit, me throwing a guy out, to now I'm getting excited for my player to get the hit, my player to get the throw. The you know what I mean? It's amazing, and you know what I I think this is a uh, 
a good segue to our next few shows that we're going to do um, where we actually bring some of our former players on because you're right. As a player, you wish really more success for yourself. But as a coach, you wish more success for everybody else. And I think we should leave it there, George. This was an awesome one. Um, and a, a little tidbit as to what we're going to do coming up in the next few uh, few shows. So I'll give you the last word, brother. I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to meet this Joe character. Um, but um, um, just remember, just uh, make everything like we always say, make everything fun, and you'll never know the memories that you'll have of this game until it creeps up on you 10 years later when you're smelling a freaking sauce and peppers and you remember uh, playing in um, playing uh, uh, being in city field watching a game with your buddies or you know you smell a beer and a hot dog you remember walking under the old yankee stadium you know what i mean it's uh it's that's one of the coolest things about being in marley baseball is you, you see these things, you hear these things, you smell these things, you hear these sounds, and it just takes you back to when you were playing, you know what I mean, or when you were hanging out with the boys. It's awesome. I love it. We'll leave it there. Good good job, as always, and good luck tonight. I don't know who you're playing, but – um, Mighty Muscles playing a former teammate's brother tonight. Who is it? Um, remember Bobby Garland? Oh, that's right. Okay. So Nikki Garland is, he played last night, but he's playing. Uh, I don't know if he's playing tonight. I haven't checked the lineup yet. I'll get the lineup here in about nine minutes. So um, playing against him. So it was really cool. I got to, he was playing first last night. So it was really cool. I got to talk to him about his brother. Yep. <laughs> he's got to lay off though. He's got to lay off those sliders down in a way you got to tell him. Otherwise he's never going to get another hit. <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk to him about it. Talk, talk to his picture guys. And uh, his... I got a message. I got a message in here from Famous Swing. Oh Jesus! Okay, Black Daddy. And it says, "Make sure the first inning is scoreless." So I don't know what that means, but, but make sure <laughs> inning one is scoreless. I think I have an idea what that means. Um, you can do what you want with that information. Um, Hey, you want to hear something real quick? So the 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 hitting coach over there, uh, Derek Schumann, Showman, is uh, good friends with another really close friend of ours, the Quail Man, Steve McQuail. Yep. And then so he came up to me the first day. It was like, yo, Georgie, what's up? You remember me? I was like, yeah, man, McQuail's friend. We met at On Base U. And then I get a text message from a friend of mine who I played with with the Blue Jays shoots me a text. This guy's Seth Connors. He was like my freaking twin when I was playing. He's like, dude, where are you? I said, what do you mean? I haven't talked to you in 10 years. He's like, dude, I'm coaching with the twins over in the GCL fields. I was like, no way. I had no idea he was there, but he saw the roster, saw the name, called me. Dude, I haven't talked to this guy in 10 years since I, how crazy is that? That's the coolest thing about baseball. You never know who you're going to meet. Yeah. That's what baseball can do. Yeah. Anyway. Love it. Good note, Dan. Right. I'm out of here. Good, right. good, uh, good talk. Go, 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 go coach them up, coach. Coach up and beat the mighty muscles of Fort Myers. I'm taking the mighty muscles tonight. Nah, not tonight. Go, go <laughs> eat in Blue Jays. Later, man. Later. Good job. Thanks for listening and make sure to subscribe and leave a rating for our podcast and check back for the next episode of Coaching Confidential.